Today on episode number 85 of the podcast, we're talking about adapting in your relationship after losing your sight. What's up, VIPs? Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, and across from me is my co-host and resident sighted supporter, my lovely wife, April. Hello. Speaking of my lovely wife, today we're going to talk about relationships, specifically with your significant other. This could be your spouse, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whatever it is. That specific significant other relationship whenever you're losing your sight because it can have some real effect on those relationships. And we've, well, I think we talk about it occasionally as we go along, but I thought today we talk about it specifically and how it might affect those relationships. But of course, we can't talk about every single thing in every single episode. So I've got some resources and more for you over in the show notes. You can find the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 085. The show notes include links, resources, ways to get connected, and so much more. So head over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 085. That's right. So check out those show notes. So dear, relationships, we got one and so we can talk about it. Uh, now, I lost my sight way back when I was 18 and we were just dating at the time. Just in case you don't know, we've been together since we were 15 years old. Uh, well, that's not completely true. We did break up a few times and it was always my fault. I will take the blame. Uh, as my kids now point out, you know, my daughter, who is 10, is always like, why did you break up with mommy? I'm like, because I was stupid. So, you know, that's pretty much the answer. Well, I mean, really, we were 15, 16, 17 18, whatever age we were, we mm. were young, we were dumb, we were stupid. So, you know, <laughs> life choices. That's right. It's all good. That's just what happened. So anyway, uh, but we've been together since we were in high school. So we have been together since before I lost my sight, during and post sight loss as well. So right. I think we have some experience to offer. Uh, now, granted, I was 18, we were 18 when I lost it. So it might be different. You know, in some circumstances, if you're, say, 50 when you lose your sight, but I think some of the basic standards do apply. Uh, first of all, dear, do you remember much about, well, I think we talked about this before, but yeah. um, do you remember, like, think back to that time of, like, um, me losing my sight. Did you think about the ways it was going to affect your life or, you know, like, how it was going to affect our relationship? No, not really. Um, I truly just, a lot of it was, like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. Whatever. It'll be fine. The doctors will find something. It'll miraculously, you know, come back. Uh, so no, I didn't really think about the future. I don't think I started thinking about the future and how it might affect our lives until, I don't know, probably four or five, six months in. Mm. So, well, and I think that if you're married and been married for 20 years and your spouse loses their sight, you're probably going to think be, about it differently. Sure. You know? That would be completely different yeah. because at that point, then you have, um, you know, you have a routine and a, a normalcy of your relationship and your married life together, um, that would be disrupted. Whereas, you know, being individuals and just, you know, dating at the time, there wasn't anything that was, you know, we weren't dependent on each other at that time, I guess. Yeah. Is and that- yeah, absolutely. And I think we were already going through changes. And especially at that point, it would have been easy to be like, well, we're done. Bye. You know, just right. like go, go our separate ways. But I think that is just a testament to what we do. And, you know, we, we've always said that we 
just sort of went right into it. And, yeah. you know, people, was, how did you adapt? How did you? And it's like, we just sort of did. I mean, we just sort of yeah. rolled into it and figured it out. And we didn't take a bunch of time to be like, let's go to classes and figure out how to deal with this. We just sort of did it. Well, it's hard to, to take. I mean, one, there aren't classes to be able to do that with. But, no, but that's why we have this podcast. Sure. <laughs> Podcasts are great. Um, but at the same time, it's like it affected everyday life. It wasn't something that we were really had a time frame to learn how to adjust to or, you know, we didn't know that it was potentially coming so that we could prepare for it. So there wasn't really an option other than to just learn as you go. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about sight loss. Just as a side note, you don't have time to, um, you know, learn how to be blind. Right. You just got to do it. It's kind of like if you have a job, they expect you to continue to do your job and learn how to do your job as a blind person all at the same time. Right. You don't get time to be like, well, go learn how to be blind and come back when you... It's like, no, you don't have time for that. And the same thing applies to relationships. You don't have time to figure out how to do it blind and then figure out, you know, just your relationship in general. You got to do it all at the same time. Right. Uh, and so that's the thing. So right here, I think that leads us into the first thing I have. Relationships are hard even without sight loss. Uh, you know, so I, true. I mean, it doesn't matter if you've been married for two years, if you just started dating, if you've been together for 50, it doesn't matter. Relationships are hard. And I don't mean to sound like all negative, like Burr, they're always hard. They are work. Like you have to put in effort to make your relationship work. Absolutely. And so you throw in something like sight loss or any major life change, even, I mean, throw in a baby, throw in a big right. move or a job change. Yep. Anything like that is going to affect your relationship. And so the idea that sight loss makes it difficult, sure, it, it can create challenges, but relationships are difficult even without sight right. loss. Right. It just adds, adds a additional stressor on top of your normal everyday relationship. You know, I mean, like you said, relationships are hard. It's not butterflies and rainbows every day. And each day can have ups and downs through it and things that you have to work through. Um, changes in, like you said, jobs and moves and things like that. And then adding the additional sight loss on top of it and the additional responsibilities are, you know, it can be very overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the first thing to remember. And and when your, your sight loss kind of enters the picture, one thing that can happen, and the next thing I have here is your roles can change. Um, I know, for example, let's say uh, the um, one, one person always drives everywhere. Okay, they're the driver. A lot of times you get that picture, sort of that classic dad driving, mom sitting in the passenger seat, the kids in the back. I mean, that's just, you know, a general right. picture. And let's say dad loses his sight. Well, then mom has to take over driving everywhere, and Mm -hmm. so that role changes. Let's say uh, one of the spouses always takes care of the finances. Now, it doesn't mean that the uh, visually impaired person can't, but there might be a transitional period where the sighted person has to take that over. And so all of a sudden, the sighted person becomes a caretaker in in a lot of ways, and the visually impaired person has to get taken care of. Now, I'm using those terms somewhat loosely, but that's kind of the idea that your roles start to change. And I think we've talked about that some before with, you know, the VIP, or I'm sorry, the sighted supporter taking on so much more responsibility during the transition of sight loss because, like you said, someone who maybe has taken care of the finances, they have to learn how to do that as a visually impaired person. So that takes some learning. I mean, learning how to use accessibility features, learning how to use um, voiceover or mm-hmm. Zoom or anything like that mm-hmm. takes learning and takes time. So while they're doing that, 
then the sighted supporter has to be the one who takes that over. Um, you know, maybe the, um, whoever takes the kids to and from school is the one who loses their sight. So then you have to figure out how are we going to get the kids to and from school? Are they going to take the bus? Do we ask a family member or a friend or will the other parent be able to step in and, and do that? But nonetheless, that has to be something that is determined between the two of you, the, between the two parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, roles changing, they might not be exactly the same as before. Uh, they might go through a transitional period and still be somewhat similar after the fact, you know, that sort of thing. But there are they are going to change. There's going to be right. somewhat of a, and this is cliche, but a new normal, you know, that enters in. Yeah, but it's so true. I mean, you know, the, the person could take back over the finances, but it mm-hmm. might take them longer to um, do them each time. So like before, you know, you've made out your budget and you've paid your bills and everything and it takes you maybe... 40 minutes and now it may take twice that just because Mm -hmm. you're you know learning how to do it in a different way absolutely and speaking of the transition i think that's important to remember the next thing i have here is it takes a lot of time patience and understanding see the transition of sight loss a lot of people think well i lose my sight there's a time period i get used to it and then i move on with my life well the transition can be different for everybody and the timing i think is not set in stone and and i don't think that I don't want to say that's never over, but it's always, you're always kind of dealing with things because yes. life changes. You know, our kids have gotten older now. And right. so we're dealing with new things that we didn't deal with before. We, we have a teenager, you know, <laughs> we have to deal with, you know, things we didn't when he was five. Right. And so it's, it's new now. It's not that, um, you know, we're transition or whatever. Transitions always, transitions is life. That's, you're always in transition, right. I feel like. And so with sight loss, it's the same way. It takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. I mean, if I can use that teenager example again. He takes a lot of patience, you know, to deal with. Not because he's a horrible person, not at just all. because he's a teenager and there's new things that we're dealing with. Right. He took patience when he was five for different reasons, you know. And so when you experience sight loss, there's going to be a lot of patience and understanding you have to have for reasons that you didn't have to before. Before, yeah. And and on top of that, it's you know you think you finally have one thing figured out and under your belt, and you've you know transitioned or changed you know the way your way of thinking or your way of um logistically getting through something you've got that down and then something else comes up that now you have to you know it's just another um obstacle to overcome and you know having that patience is so important because those things are always going to come up whether you're the vip or the sighted supporter you're always going to have those challenges and it's just so important to have the patience and to work through those things because you will come out on the other side. You will figure it out and you will move on and face that next obstacle. But there will always be something there. It's just being positive about it, which personally for me is difficult to do. <laughs> I'm a pessimist. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you can admit you're a pessimist, dear. That's that's very big of you. I'm learning slowly but surely. <laughs> well, and I think that, as we said, life doesn't slow down you know, or, or stop for you. So if you experience sight loss and then three weeks later you lose your job, that's a whole nother transition right. you're, you're going to have to go through. Now, it may be because of the sight loss, and so you're still angry at sight loss in general, but you're still going through transition because of that. And I think it's important to remember that you've got to have patience because you, you have to deal with the things that are urgent, that are important, mm-hmm. that are right in front of you. And well, sight loss is kind of always part of that in, in some way, shape, and form. And the understanding side of things, you have to be understanding of each other. Mm -hmm. because 
I think it's difficult for the sighted supporter to understand the viewpoint of the VIP in many situations because, you know, as sighted supporters, you're not the one losing your ability to see, first of all, but second, some independence, learning to be dependent on other people for things in some ways. Now, not in every way, but in in some ways you're going to need to do that and learning how to transition to, you know, doing everyday tasks, making sure your clothes match, turning the oven on and setting it to the appropriate setting or temperature and things like that. So as a sighted supporter, being understanding of what they are going through is is so important, but yet at the same time difficult. And I think it goes the other way around as well for the VIP to understand what the sighted supporter is going through because we feel kind of overwhelmed, sometimes kind of helpless, like, mm-hmm. what do I do for you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? And I think in some instances, the VIP is like, I can do this on my own. I don't need your help. And then it's just under, it's hard to see how that can affect the sighted supporter in, you know, the big picture. Yeah. Well, and I think, like you said, it does go both ways because you have to understand how this is affecting the sighted supporter. Right. Uh, there was a story I read, which we're going to reference here in just a minute, but the uh, spouse that, that was losing their sight said, you just don't understand what it's like losing your sight. And the sighted supporter spouse said, yeah, but you don't understand what it's like having a spouse lose their sight. Right. So it was like, oh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. You know, understanding goes both ways because we don't understand the other person's perspective. Right. It doesn't mean we have to understand it to keep going. It means that we have to do as much as we can to see their perspective, even though we may we may not like 100% totally get it. Yeah. I don't want you to understand what it's like to lose your sight because then you'd have to lose your sight. And, you know, I don't want to do that. And <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I don't want to understand your perspective because then again, you'd have to lose your sight. Right. And so, you know, it's like, no, thanks. I don't want to do that. So uh, that's really important. And speaking of the VIP, I think it's important to remember uh, that your life, um, meaning your relationship and, and life in general, but your relationship is now, it's not all all of a sudden all about your sight loss. Like, <laughs> I think that's what happens. We lose our sight and it's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's all about what I'm going through and the struggles I'm facing, blah, blah, blah. And, and there is a little bit of selfishness involved. Like, oh, you sure. know, it, there are some struggles. But your life doesn't all of a sudden stop and become about your sight loss. Mm-hmm. Like, it is about your sight loss, but it's also about uh, the love you share together, the life you live, the bills, work, right. all, you know, kids, all the stuff you have. Life that continues. Yeah, it's all those things. Sight loss now just becomes like part of it. It doesn't center around it. It's not, and I've done videos about this where it's not all about you. It's not all about your <laughs> sight loss. So that's important to remember, even for the sighted supporter, to remember like, look, we're not going to focus on your sight loss right now. We've got other stuff to do. Yeah. And not in a rude, like, I don't care about your feelings kind of way. Just like, you know what? We've, you know, it's okay to talk about it, but we can't talk about it 24 seven. Right. We've got to, you know, have some other things going on. And I'm sure that's probably difficult for a sighted supporter to experience and to share as well. Yeah, it can be because it's you don't want to make the feelings of the VIP seem minimal or unimportant. But at the same time, it's like, okay, there are there are bigger things going on that need to be addressed. And then, you know, along with the sight loss kind of being an overarching of all of that. But it's like, okay, we need to take this one by one nugget by nugget, address things with the sight loss, you know, kind of rolled in. But there are more important things that need to be addressed now. 
and yeah. we'll go back to that. Well, and there's more urgent things that are right for like, yeah. And the weird thing, it might sound weird, but it's like, look, you're going to be blind tomorrow, but we got to deal with this today. <laughs> you know, like, and I know that True. sounds kind of callous, but that's the reality. Like, oh, I'm I'm having a bad day, and look, everybody has bad days. Doesn't matter if you're blind, sighted, whatever. Everybody has bad days, right? And and as we talked about, understanding and you know being patient when it comes to that. But there's a certain time of giving to that, and a certain time of pulling from that, and saying like, look, we need to get out of this mud and take a step forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and and everybody, I think everybody has a point where they need to do that, and it's important to kind of understand that and it's important to the next thing i have written down here to share that because communication is key yep. communication you got to have good communication and this is important for relationships in general uh not just people who are blind or visually impaired it's for relationships communication i heard somebody say once because everybody says that communication is the uh, key to a good marriage. That's mm-hmm. what is key to a good marriage. I heard somebody say once that communication, good communication, is the effect of a good marriage, and I, that's that's really interesting. And I yeah. don't, I'm not saying it's totally true or false or whatever, but the idea that having good communication, uh, because anybody can have good communication. If like if I wrote you a check for a million dollars and said, all you got to do is communicate really well for the next 24 hours, you would figure it out. You know, like, just just shut up. We got to figure this out. So good communication can be worked on, but that foundation, that emotional connection, that love, that support, that understanding, all those things help to build and, I don't know, grow good, excellent communication. Right. But it's so key. I mean, uh, we've talked about it before, dear, but I mean, communication is key, right? Yeah. On both sides. Well, and I think... It's making sure the way you communicate is appropriate as well. I mean, you don't want to be mm-hmm. yelling at each other and, and you know, screaming or giving the silent treatment because even though you're not talking, that's still communication. That's communication that I am mad yeah. or I am not having this right now. Um, that is communication. You need to, you know, try to have that healthy communication um, and share your feelings and your thoughts. And I will be the first to admit, I am not great at that sometimes because, again, I'm worried to hurt Derek's feelings or offend him or to say something that just is not appropriate at times. So a lot of of times I will build things up inside and then I get overwhelmed with feelings of um, frustration and, um, you know, some sadness because I would love to not have to drive all the time, but I don't really want to complain about that a whole lot because there's nothing he can do to fix it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just different things that get built up and then I kind of verbally vomit or cry mumble something (laughs) come something comes out of me whenever it just gets too much so you know trying to have that open um calm clear communication with each other yeah it's the example i always give is the coke bottle you know you shake it up and then when you open the top it all comes flooding out and so you have to have good clear uh excellent communication and it has to come out because it's going to come out at some point, right? Whether you want it Somehow. to or not, so control the flow a little bit you know, in that <laughs> instance. Uh, but speaking of good communication, I read this story, this article about this couple, uh, Sue and Terry. And Terry had lost his sight to retinitis pigmentosa, 
And they were sharing, and, and the article was about this implant that he had put in. But there was this really interesting paragraph that I thought was really important to share, especially for sighted supporters. And Sue is the sighted supporter. Terry, the husband, is the one who lost his sight. And so I wanted to uh, have April read this because I think it's really important. So if you're a sighted supporter, really listen to this. Okay, so it says, Talking with your loved one is key, Sue says. Don't allow a breakdown in the communication and don't hold back your fears and frustrations. She believes that hiding her feelings from her husband at the onset of his blindness allowed him to retreat into a world where only his feelings mattered. Terry admits he had not given much thought to the impact of his blindness on his wife until she explained it to him. As Sue puts it, his life did not change. Our lives changed. All right, so that just, I don't know, like I think I always knew it, but just to hear from somebody else is always impactful. Like, oh yeah, you agree too. But I love what she said about, um, because she mentioned at first, like she just stuffed all her feelings down Mm -hmm. so she could focus on him because obviously he was the one losing his sight and he's got all the problems or whatever. And she even says here, I think that was a detriment because it created this world where only his feelings mattered. Yeah, And I was like, wow, that's a great way to put it. Because the, the truth is, and like I said, it's not all about your sight loss. Not only your feelings matter if you're the VIP. Right. You know, the sighted supporter is going through stuff as well. Um, and as she said, it wasn't just his life. It was our lives that changed. And I think, I know this is a married, a married couple, but I also think about um, when a child loses their sight from the parent's point of view, um, you know, yes, all of your lives are affected, but then I also think about if you stuff your feelings aside now, should you share every feeling with your kid who's going through this? No, not necessarily. No, and age appropriate, obviously. Right. But at the same time, you don't, you let them get away with more. You give them, you know, more than what you normally had or would have given them before. Um, you know, you kind of like answer to their every desire and whim and things like that. That's going to give them a little bit of a sense of, mm, I lost my sight. I can do whatever I want, potentially. Mm, yeah. So, you know, being careful, you know, this making him feel like he was the, you know, most important, I guess, is what I'm center taking of, away. Center, center of, of the, universe, the Right. You know, you know doing that with a, a child, even a teenager or a late teen, is potentially detrimental to the way that person is going to see their blindness for the rest of their life. Well, and it can happen even in a spouse as well, because when you do that with, or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, when you do that, it sets up false expectations. Like, well, you're going to be the center of the world in our relationship now for the rest of our lives. It's like, no, that's not how this is going to work. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point I was trying to make. So I just think of, I think of it as, you know, with kids, you know, you just don't want to make them think that they get everything just because they're blind or they yeah. have any sort of disability you know Absolutely. you want them to do their best that they can with what they have well and there are certain adaptations you have to make when you're blind and there are certain adaptations you have to make on the other side being the side of supporter because your spouse or you know a significant other is blind right. but that doesn't mean that they now get anything and everything right. they're treated really with kid gloves as they say and things like that you have to understand that your feelings matter, right? That your life is changing, and I've said this from the beginning. Like, so you want to make sure that you know. And I'm getting a phone call, uh, and voiceover is going to talk out loud. Anyway, you have to make sure. See, that's that's one adaptation we have to make. My phone talks all the time, and do you even hear my phone anymore? As a side note, like, um, just, I mean, I hear your watch, and I 
Yeah, I think I do because I try to listen to who's calling, being nosy, you know. <laughs> anyway, just one ad- adaptation you have to make. But I think it's just so important to remember that you don't want to create a false sense of things, especially at first. Right. You want to make sure that everybody's on the same page and that sharing your emotions, your feelings, mm-hmm. what you're going through is just as important as right. letting the VIP share their feelings as right, well. Right, because we matter just as much. Absolutely, absolutely. So those are just a few things to think about. We've got some tips on ways to help your relationship coming up. But first, we want to hear from our sponsor for today's episode. Hey, VIPs, today we're talking about sighted supporters and visually impaired people and how their relationships can be affected. And one of those ways is how sighted supporters can take on extra responsibilities. Well, one of the ways to alleviate some of that is by using today's sponsor, which is Ira, the visual interpreter. Ira can help you read a recipe off of a card. It can help you read a menu at a restaurant. It could help you look at instructions on how to put something together and even tell you where your kids are on the playground in case your sighted supporter is off playing with the other kids. So if you're interested in using it, head on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash IRA. That's A-I-R-A. And check it out. You can download the app, you can register, and you can use it totally for free. So head on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash IRA to check it out today. Okay, dear. So we've talked about some things going on and how your relationships can be affected. So let's share a few tips, at least from our own personal experience, on what to do. First of all, and this leads us right from the previous conversation, clearly communicate your expectations and your feelings. Clearly, don't assume that the other person knows because they probably don't. So this goes for whether you're blind or not, honestly. Clearly communicate your expectations and your feelings. I was actually just thinking that because I'm like, there's a lot of things that I expect from you, even though, you know, as as just being married and I still have to tell you to do them all the time. Well, not just because you're visually impaired. No, that's just because I'm a man, probably. But <laughs> I think that your expectation. Have you ever gotten mad at somebody and they were like, "What the heck?" And you were like, oh, "I can't believe you." Did. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you that classic line. <laughs> it's like, what? They did not know the expectations you had for them. So when they failed to meet your expectations, right. They didn't know they were failing. So make sure you're clearly communicating what you expect and the feelings you're having, right? Uh, going through sight loss. And so many times. I feel like I have higher expectations than what someone else would have. So if you have talked about the same, like completing the same task, but one person is like, you know, I'm going to clean this until it shines like none other. And then the other person is like, as long as it's clean, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, communicating what your expectations are, it's like, okay, both of you have cleaned the object, but one of them is going, you know, above and beyond. And that was their expectation. And whenever that other person doesn't go above and beyond, then you're let down. Well, and it's important, too, whenever you are visually impaired, to understand what the VIP actually can do. You know, if if you want, let's say you want the VIP to sweep the floor. Well, they might sweep the floor and do a horrible job <laughs> because they have no idea where the stuff is. I know I cannot sweep the floor. I can I can move the broom around. Right. You know, here's the stuff. But I have no idea where the stuff is. In right. fact, I have to ask where the stuff is when she's sweeping so I don't step into it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and clearly communicate that. Like, hey, uh, I can't do that. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to or I'm lazy. I just, I physically can't do that. So what else could I do? Is there another well, job you could sweep the floor and I can do this? Well, like vacuuming, you mm-hmm. can do that because Absolutely. you can see the lines on the carpet that the vacuum makes. Mm-hmm. So you know where you've been and where you need to go still. Whereas with sweeping the floor, it 
it's all the same color all the time. It, yeah. it just all melds together. Yeah. And just as a side note, if you are vacuuming, uh, put your rooms into quadrants and vacuum this square and this square and that square. And it is helpful just in case you can't <laughs> see the line. So that's just a quick tip that was Extra totally, help. totally for free bonus information for you. Uh, secondly, it's important to take time for each other on a regular basis. In the show notes, I've got a link to a, uh, to an article called 100 Date Night Ideas. Oh, fun. Uh, and so uh, we might have to use some of those. Sure. But it's important to take time. Now, date night or day dates, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't matter. Take regular time for each other. One of the things we have done recently, and this is very recently, like within the last month, I found a bunch of questions online and just random questions. It could be like, um, what is your greatest regret? What is one way I can love you better? Or just could be what's your favorite color? I mean, anything. Yeah. And I printed them out and we cut them up and I put them in a little bag. And so when we go to dinner, like tonight, we'll go to dinner. We'll take these questions and we'll just pull a few out occasionally. Like, okay, let's ask this question. And it gets conversation going. Right. So and making time is so important. It's really nice because it gets conversation away from every day life mm, yes. like it gets conversation away from work topics or kid topics it gets conversation away from the the sight loss issue mm. you know it really kind of these questions spur on good communication that kind of make us dig a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. um, who we are and how our relationship is so it, it's you know helped us grow but I think it's so key to get away from those everyday issues and think about other things and have conversation about different you know, life matters. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, it can get you away from the whole sight loss conversation too. Right. Because especially when you first lose your sight, that can just absorb all of your conversations. So maybe make an agreement like tonight, we're not going to talk about sight loss. Yeah. It's probably going to rear its ugly head in every conversation, you know, yeah. somehow. But try to do your best to get away from that. And the questions is a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, so thirdly, do things that you've always done just adapt them. I think when you lose your sight, you think, I can't do anything else. You know, maybe you loved, uh, you mentioned earlier, bowling. Maybe you guys love to go bowling. And now you're like, I can't bowl. I can't see the pins anymore. <laughs> and so then you get angry and you don't ever go. But maybe that was something you really enjoyed and that was your time together. Mm-hmm. You still can do it. You just have to adapt it and, and change the way you do things. Right. I mean, Derek is actually the best bowler in our family. He gets the best score. Now, we went duck pin bowling the other day. Oh, my gosh. Not the same. I don't know if anyone's ever done duck pin. That was our first time, but it was much more difficult than regular bowling, and Derek did not fare so well. Oh, I got the worst score. Yeah. Out of our 13 and (laughs) 10-year-old, I did worse than them. Like, My self-esteem took a huge hit (laughs) that day. And if you don't know what duck pin bowling is, by the way, uh, it's small pins and this small ball, which... It, it doesn't have the holes in it like a right. regular bowling ball. It's obviously lighter. It felt like it was made out of wood, and it was just like the most annoying way to bowl I'd ever experienced because yeah. I just I didn't know what I was doing. And it was not great. Uh, it, we had fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm not super competitive. I don't care. It was whatever. Uh, I've experienced uh, enough loss. You know, because I'm not good at sporting <laughs> activities that I don't care. But uh, you know, if you if you like if you enjoy that. Well, go do it, you right. know, rock climbing even, or whatever. You just, just go do yeah, it. Yeah, Even if you were an artist before, are still an artist, because just because you lose your sight doesn't take your abilities away. You know, you you can find ways to adapt to being able to still draw and paint and, you know, do the things that you enjoy, even though your sight loss, you know, is one of those obstacles like we talked about earlier to overcome. Absolutely. Uh, number four 
I have written down here, make sure the sighted supporter doesn't take a back seat to the sight loss drama. Now, we've talked about this already in the episode, but I wanted to bring it up one more time, uh, especially for the VIP listening. Make sure that you are being intentional with the sighted supporter in your relationship. Make sure that you are seeking them out, asking them questions. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, Finding ways to support them. Hey, uh, we're going to do a date night. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Um, How are you feeling? That sort of thing. Because it's really easy, and as we've already heard, it's really easy for the sighted supporter to take a back seat, Mm -hmm. and especially with other people, because they're like, well, your husband's the blind one. I'm going to give him all the attention. And that's just so important to make sure that you as the VIP don't let the sighted supporter take a back seat. Yeah, I agree. So uh, finally, uh, and and this is kind of just a general thing, especially for married couples who have been together for a while, um, seek outside help and support if you need it. This could be counseling, mentoring, you know, maybe a, a couple that you've known for a long time who have a good marriage, something like that. It's okay to seek outside support. Mm-hmm. I think we hear the word counseling and it's like, oh, I'm only going to go to counseling if our marriage is falling apart and we're getting divorced tomorrow. Well, if you're going, when you're, yeah, it's a little too late at that point. Um, you know, I'm a counselor myself and, and when I've talked to couples who are on the brink, it's like, you should have been here six months ago, you know, right. whatever. So seek out support if you need it. You know, maybe you're like, we're doing okay, but gosh, I would love some help on this or how to clearly communicate Mm -hmm. this. Don't be afraid to seek outside support. Right. And you can seek support from, you know, it doesn't have to be another, um, you know, VIP inside a supporter. It can be people within your church or people within your, um, you know, trusted community that you have around you that can be that support to you. And, you know, you need to have a place where you can speak freely, um, that you feel secure, but at the same time, you need someone who's going to be real with you and, and tell you the truth that you may be overreacting a little bit. You may be causing too, a little too much drama. Mm-hmm. You, you know, someone who's going to be realistic with you, but also be compassionate and willing to listen, whether you have to pay a, you know, counselor or a, um, I don't know, psychologist, psychiatrist of something, something of that nature, perfectly fine. It is okay to do those things. It's money well spent in the long run. Because if you spend a little money and you have a fantastic marriage for another 45 years, I mean, it's totally worth it, right? Absolutely. So, and I think it's just important to remember that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with seeking outside help. We don't, I mean, I help people on a regular basis and sometimes I just can't see the things going on in my own relationship because it's kind of that trees for the forest. Thing. Right. So it's OK yeah. to seek outside help. Don't be afraid and don't feel ashamed of it at all. So there's just a few tips for you guys. There's plenty more, obviously, that we could talk about, but this podcast would end up being two hours long. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys a question. What is one way that sight loss has affected or is affecting your relationship with your significant other? Have you been together for uh, two weeks and now you're losing your sight? Have you been together for 50 years? What has it been like and how does it affect your relationship? I would love to hear about it. And you can leave a comment on this video or you can send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E. EK at lifeaftersightloss.com. All right. So here towards the end of the podcast, always with the housekeeping items, the first thing we want you to remember to do is to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. So if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so that you won't miss any 
more episodes. That's right. And if you'd rather listen to the audio version, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and you can subscribe in all of those different places in your favorite podcast catcher. Or if you go to the show notes, you can subscribe by hitting the buttons right under the audio player. All right. Uh, the other thing is to contact us. And I mentioned my email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. We love, I love hearing from all of you guys. You, you ask me questions. You say, how you doing? You have such kind words about the podcast uh-huh. and the videos. It just, it's so great. So I love hearing from you guys. Let me know. Um, all right. So our quotes, uh, our quote, I think I've only got one this week. Um, oh no, wait, wait, uh, sorry. Uh, let me give you a final thought. Oh, it's okay. I, I almost skipped her final thought. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you get ahead in Evernote. Uh, all right, dear, I'm going to give you a final question. This is a specific question because we've talked about how all the bad ways I feel like it can affect. Yeah. But hon, here's the question. What is one positive way that has affected, uh, sight loss has affected our relationship? I think that the one positive way, as we, I think, has been kind of the overarching theme of this podcast, and so many times we talk about in other podcasts, is we have learned to communicate mm-hmm. well. Um, like I said, I still have times where I hold feelings in and I, I don't let them out until I've kind of come to that explosion point. But so the, those times are so much less frequent than what they were when we first got married, first started dating, that kind of thing, because. I have learned to communicate and put my feelings out there both as a wife but also as a sighted supporter because there are things that he does as a visually impaired person that drive me nuts. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, just like yesterday, he didn't, he washed something and didn't clean out the sink and there's just all these spots everywhere and I was just like, oh my gosh, did you not clean out the sink? Look clean to me. But I said something right away. As soon as I saw it, I said something because... It's just one of those things. It's like there's no reason to hold that in and not say it. I know it seems very trivial, so some people would probably hold it in. But mm-hmm. I've learned that if I say it now, it's going to affect later better than me exploding with 10 different things at one time and him trying to like remember when this happened that, mm. you know, was wrong, yeah. in quotes, wrong. Um, so I said something right then in that you know, helped. So communication, I think is so, so, so important. And really that has helped grow our relationship, um, as a couple, as parents and as sided supporter and VIP. Yeah. And, and I think it's important, as you mentioned, just as another side note, that the next time that happens, I will do my best to kind of run my hand around the sink right. and feel those things. Now, I still may not get everything because maybe there's something that you just can't feel. Maybe it's liquid, but you thought it was water and it wasn't or, you know, whatever. Right. Yep. But at least I know I did more. I went above and beyond the last time. And I think that'll be helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, share that stuff. Don't keep it in. Uh, don't. Maybe this is a bonus tip. Don't treat your spouse differently. Like they don't want to be treated differently by the world. They definitely don't want to be treated differently by you. Yep. So, make you know, call them out on junk because, <laughs> you know, that's how you would treat them if they were cited. They shouldn't be treated any differently. So make sure they call them out when the sink's not clean or whatever else. All right. So now our quotes. And I've, I've got two quotes again this week because I can't seem to pick just one because I like a lot of them. We would have had 12 quotes because I liked a bunch, but I had to narrow it down. <laughs> so we've got two quotes here. So why don't you give us the first one? The first one is another anonymous. And it says, don't try to be something to everyone. Be everything to someone. 
that I really like just for couples and marriage and and dating and everything. I think a lot of times we try to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to be this person and this person and that person and just try to please everybody. Please everybody. It's not possible. But yep. if you can be everything to this one person, to that to that sighted supporter, that VIP, that husband, that wife, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, whatever, that partner in your life, just devoting more of yourself to them, I think will reap more benefits than trying to be everything to everybody else. Yeah. So, I agree. you know, that's a big deal. And our second quote uh, is what? Is from Audrey Hepburn, and she said, the best thing to hold on to in life is each other. Oh, that's like sweet. That. Yeah. And, and so, look, whenever you lose your sight, it can feel like you're losing your grip, uh, you're out of control, things like that. But as famous Audrey Hepburn says, the best thing to hold on to in life, especially, and I'll add you know, a little ellipsis here, especially when things are hard, mm-hmm. is each other. Because... That's the one constant you have. Yeah. You know, the one constant, constant, even though your life is changing, the one constant you have is that person literally and figuratively sitting across mm-hmm. from you, your spouse, your partner, your significant other who's going to be there, sickness and health, rich or poorer, all that stuff we said <laughs> way back when. It's really important. So hold on to one another in the hard times. All right, guys. Well, we've come to the end of yet another podcast. And I want to say thank you so much for listening and watching wherever you are. And remember, sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek. And I'm April. And we'll see you in in the the next next one. one.